0: Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, August 28th, 2006. Hello, this is Michael Lozan, and on behalf of my business partner, Mark Horseman, and myself, welcome back to Manager Tools. Today we cover the second in the two-part series on managing during mergers and acquisitions. Now, if you haven't heard the first one, I'd suggest you go back to last week's show and listen to that first. Some folks also noticed that Mark's voice was a little boomy during the last podcast. Unfortunately, the location that Mark had to record the podcast in was less than ideal, so we ended up with a bit of an echo. We tried to clean that up as best we could, but um, didn't get it quite perfect. So please bear with us. So with that, let's get right on to the show. Next Thing we want to talk about is creating new relationships. Yeah, um,
1: it's this is a little hard to talk about in a great deal of detail, Mike, but but I think that I I put it in here to make sure that people understand is that once the other firm becomes known, effective managers reach out to members of the other firm, they're open to communications with the other firm, and they don't just wait for someone to show up in their office and say, By the way, we're from, um, you know, we're from the IRS, we're here to help. you know, maybe, maybe it's a joint meeting where you could be, um, you could stick out your hand and say, hello, uh, we haven't met, but I understand we're counterparts in these two organizations who cares whether, whether you have more power than him or she has more power than you. It just doesn't matter. Stick your hand out and say, hello, um, It it, it could be a joint meeting. It could be you're responding to an email asking for information and you send another email after you give the response saying, hey, I'd love to sit down with you and talk to you, give you an update on where we are. Um, Something as simple as that, an outreach to attempt to create a relationship with somebody on the other side of the fence. Uh, It could be volunteering to be a part of a multifunctional team um, where you're thinking to yourself, gee, I don't have time for that, but it
0: would give you all kinds of information that will help you position your team and your organization. Yeah, and one day I've I found in my experience that those that are good at this are the ones that prosper the most in these mergers and acquisitions. I, I to me, this is the in my experience the single. Biggest factor that, that determines whether somebody's ultimately going to be successful, yeah. In the Don't new you, combined organization, b- you know, I, I'm the, I'm supposed to be the marketing
1: guy, right? I'm supposed <laughs> to be the guy who's I'm more comfortable chatting up a crowd or whatever. Mike's the genius behind the scenes, right? Well, I got to tell <laughs> Mike, doesn't that to me? It bothers me a little bit. It's like you mean it's a competitive advantage just to get to know them. What about the competitive advantage of running my organization better? The fact is, mergers and acquisitions are a human function. They are not an analytical algebraic equation, which organization A is better than organization B by 6%, so therefore they'll have 6% more management and executives that keep their jobs rather than the other one. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about who knows you, who do you know, who likes you, and who do you like? It's much more like high school than it is like college. That's a great point. Um, and, and, and so we put it in here, not because we have 17 steps to how to create new relationships. Hopefully people are beginning to see we've had enough cast talking about these kind of things that you can go back and, and add, put, put together some thoughts about how to do it, even if you're not somebody who's comfortable with it. Um, it it's really impossible to describe all the possible ways but it means being willing to stick out your hand and introduce yourself. If you're uncomfortable with that, please recognize now that makes you,
0: that is a disadvantage at a time of incredible change, merger and acquisition wise. One additional caution is uh, I think in an organization, uh, organizations have their own their, a culture, they have memes, they, ha- they have you know, ways of interacting with each other that, is f- that you develop a sense in terms of um, quickly assessing somebody's influence within an organization. Other organization in a merger, that other organization might have a whole different culture around them, um, and you'll find your senses are a little off. And yeah. um, so, I, I wouldn't jump to conclusions easily Great or course. early in terms of who has influence and who doesn't. So, treat everybody that you meet as if they were going to be the ultimate arbiter of your, of your um, position in the new company. That's
1: a that's really really good. I can just see, I can picture in my mind right now leaving a meeting and having a junior person with me and having him say, "Did you see that one guy? He didn't hardly say anything. He laid in on one point. Maybe he was pretty quiet, pretty reserved, but everybody kind of paid him a lot of attention. He seemed awfully young." And you know, buddy of mine turns this guy and says, "Yeah, he's a CEO. <laughs> well, he's nothing like our fifty-eight-year-old CEO. He's only forty-two, but you know what? He's CEO." <laughs> That, that has some power, um, so that's a. It's a great point. I think you need to have. You probably need to keep your your, filter. You need to be aware of your own filters um, and, and keep yourself in neutral as long as you can, um, in, in order to be certain that you don't create a huge faux pas. Um, one more thing. There, there's another focused way to create an important relationship that sort of a, with someone across the aisle. Um, I recommend that you find somebody in your organization that you know has some knowledge of the other team and ask them to make an introduction of you to your counterpart on the other side. It may be two levels up. It may be three levels up. But go to that person's office and say, hopefully you can get a referral from somebody that you know. But just say, listen, I'd like to meet somebody on the other side. And and, and, um, take it upon yourself to share information with that other person. Ask for information. And begin to discuss operational issues. And then bring back to the table to your peers and your boss and your team what you learned. Also, you might When you start doing that, some of that stuff might be a little bit more close hold and you may have to be a little bit careful. But you can probably share enough that will be
0: helpful for your team and for your boss and for your peers. Now, I love the next one, which is you want to talk about briefing your business. Because I, I think folks regularly fail at this. This is uh, oh a pretty big issue in mergers and acquisitions. But I I would go even further, which is, I think people fail day to day, even in the absence of a merger or an acquisition. Um, This is a skill that absolutely ought to be honed. And any manager at any time ought to be able to run through this with a peer, a superior, it it, it doesn't matter. They ought to be able to do this at the drop of a hat. And they often cannot. Yeah, in fact, you know, it's funny, Mike. We, we, we've commented before, I think, on CAS
1: and, and, and uh, in other situations that sometimes people have a mistaken view of how we learn leadership in the Army. And, um, you know, we're all George Patton kind of, kind of folks. And you and I are fairly strong-willed, so maybe that's not a, an accurate assessment at times. But one of the things the military is really good at, in part because of the business it's in, is creating a very clear chain of command. And one of the things that happens is every officer is told it doesn't matter what situation you're in. You should assume that a senior executive, a general, could be in your area of operations, your AO, at any time, and you must be prepared to talk about your organization, about your team, about your company, about your battalion, whatever. you would be ready to give a tour. you be ready to talk about things, give numbers, talk about readiness, talk about budget, talk about uh, equipment, talk about men, talk about mission, all that kind of stuff. We just take that for granted, and yet, I'm amazed, Mike, at the stories I could tell you of companies where an executive announces, hey, listen, like CEO or CFO or CFO says, I'd like to come down and see everybody and maybe make a short presentation, you know, maybe do a Q&A with 10 of your folks, pick some 10 and let me talk about what's going on and ask them how they're feeling about things, just sort of an executive outreach program. This is usually in very, very big companies and it becomes a major nut roll in the organization. Uh, junior level executives start briefing everybody, don't say this, don't say that, call him this, call him that. I had one CEO say a hundred times, please call me Bob. And then his staff and other executives would go around and tell everybody, he really doesn't mean that, call him Mr. Smith. I mean, I've just never heard anything so stupid in my life. Um, and, and it becomes a whole sort of a, a, a dog and pony show and, 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 and therefore, nobody thinks that it would ever be their job to be ready to brief on their organization, ready to brief on how things are going. You know, it's funny, but an area of organizations that most people don't do well in administratively, or at least it doesn't tend to produce great administration, is in the sales area. Salespeople are so focused on customers. But because each salesperson has their own territory and is told a billion times to run it like a business, when somebody comes down to talk to them, They're like, well, let me tell you, here in my territory, I have this much of this and this much square miles, and I'm on the road this much, and here were my sales last year, here were my strengths and weaknesses, and so on. That kind of briefing executives just love. Here's a person who knows that we don't want him to be in sales. We want him to manage our business with our customers. Same thing here. I just think um, every manager should be ready, as you so wisely comment that they're not, is you be ready on relatively short notice to brief others about the organization, how it works, what it does, who does what, strengths, weaknesses, even if, they, even if their listener has to infer that and plans for the future. Um, and I really learned about this in a roundabout way. When I suggested to somebody this is an excellent way um, to brief an incoming boss because of my experience in the military, um, what I realized is just very few people think this way. Um, and you know what, some people would say, ah, it's a corporate perspective, but but I would say this works for every area, small business or large business. If you're giving purview over other people or a budget or whatever, you should be managing that as if you were your own organization. Um, and if you're not certain about, about whether or not this will work, go through this process for your role in your organization. Um, and even if you find holes in your knowledge, it'll tell you what to look for, and um, but as you go through it, it'll show you what your own strengths and weaknesses are, what you know and what you don't know, um, versus what you i don't know. So I, the manager who does this well um, in most organizations will simply cause other people's mouths to hang open in stunned shock. <laughs> and they'll all think the same thing. Man, I wish I'd thought of that. Good. Any, any specific areas yes. that yeah. need to be covered in Sorry, this? Sorry, I got, I, got, I got excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> five areas we want to talk about, okay? Um, and really four that are really in the briefing. The fifth one is sort of private. The first one is your the organization's mission or role, just sort of a broad overview how you fit into the organization overall, what you're responsible for, who you connect with in the organization. Not a terribly big picture, not a terribly detailed. You know, we don't want five pages on this. We want one page. And by the way, speaking of which, there'll be a template. Uh, there'll be a template associated with this um, on the website. And and I talk about this template, Mike, just to be clear, this is a template that will be available to premium subscribers. Um, first is your mission or your role. Um, second, financials. Yeah, I, you know, I've, Somebody said to me once, oh, people need to come first. No, trust me. If it's a top-down review, you want to tell people what you do for the organization, and then you want to tell people how well you do it, and that usually is a budgetary slash financial analysis Okay, because that's what the company scorecard is. Usually this means budget, a financial review, but it could also include sales and profits and revenues and EBITDA and everything else. Depends on your role. Depends on how you fit into the organization. For most managers, it means a budget review. We're recommending line by line, in some cases, with explanations, depending upon how much detail you can get and how helpful it will be, your call. Um, Including your explanation of the financial situation, any history, budget changes, or changes that will occur based on operational assessments, plans, or projects that are going on or offline. Um,
0: if your budget is 50% one project, somebody's got to know that. Well, part of most, if not all, mergers is reducing cost and eliminating redundancy. Um, if, if you want to have any chance of prospering, it'd be a good idea to have a good handle on your financials so you can participate intelligently in those discussions. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a, yeah.
1: if you're going to ring costs out, first thing people are going to look at is their budget. If you don't know your budget, you're going to feel really dumb in the meeting next to the person who knows their budget line by line by line.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay, third. And they assume if you don't know it, you're not managing it, So yeah. which, is, which is generally true, by the yeah. way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the things that get
1: measured are the things that get done, and the things that get measured and rewarded are the things that get done well. If you don't know it, you must not be measuring it, and therefore it's not getting done. Okay, operations is next, and this includes a project review. Go over what you and your team are doing. Don't go person by person, um, but rather by key deliverables. And the way to do that is to check you and your team's job descriptions and also previous evaluations um, and your deliverables for this year, your goals and objectives for this year. Talk about each project, where it's going, what its status is, and be prepared to provide supporting documents, and it means literally in some cases having printed ones at your desk ready for someone who wants more background on what you're doing operationally and project wise
0: yeah and think and thinking a little bit here too, in terms of in, in in a more abstract way as well, in terms of what um, unique or critical capability you have in your organization that that perhaps may not exist in the other company as part of this merger. Um, think about what assets you have you know how are they special um, those kind of things um, uh, I, I wouldn't leave those uh, unstated in this kind of review good I agree uh, that particularly is important on the next one people
1: right this is a person by person review Projects they're assigned to, their development, strengths, coaching you're doing with them, relationships with other team members, background about them when you can. This is often forgotten in personnel reviews. Include their resumes in your document or as supporting materials if you can. That's very helpful. And that goes to the issue of thinking of in terms of an asset analysis, Mike. Um, You know, it's amazing how we might hire somebody for skill A. In fact, they have skill B, C, and D. But after doing a job for two years and it calls on skill A, people forget that they have B, C, and D. And having a resume and talking more broadly about your folks. Not only does it remind you things that they have that you've forgotten, but it also helps them look good when, in fact, it comes time to cut heads. And don't think that they tell everybody, oh, just cut 10%, whatever 10%, just cut them. Because in the end, the individual decisions are made based on skills, based on adaptability, based on professionalism, based on the ability to deliver results for the organization. And that's never a 10% across-the-board cut. It doesn't work that way. It ends up being
0: every single cut has a face associated with it. Right. Well, it, it- initially, they they don't, right? I mean, people are, you know, particularly, let's say you're being acquired. Um, Your folks are just numbers. They're a number. There's a social security number here in the U.S. and a a name attached to it. And and that's it. And what I think what you want to do in this this meeting, it's so critical, is turn those people into assets. You know, what unique education, skills, experience, relationships, what do they have? Why are they unique? Um, And make sure that, that's understood. Now, now they're no longer just a number. They're somebody with a unique set of skills or experiences that have value to the company.
1: Yeah, and you know what? If you take that a step further, Mike, there's nothing wrong with saying if you have 15 people working for you, to say, here are all the great things about each one of these people, and they're in order of my interest in keeping them based on what I know right now. Now that could change. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, but there's nothing wrong with saying they're all special, they're all good. Here are the things that make her good, him good, this other person good. And what you're seeing is my rank ordering of their relative value to the organization going forward based on what I know. Um, next, calendar. This is what trips up so many people. It's so easy, and we ended up talking about it. You end up talking about it, but providing it to people is really, really helpful. What you and everybody in your team is doing operationally and personally, deadlines for normal reporting Because in the transitions, those things tend to fall apart. Um, That's why things get harder and slower is because people forget their basic chores. Um, Projects, efforts that are ongoing, deadlines associated, um, budgetary reporting, all that kind of stuff associated with projects. Um, It's neither good nor bad. It just is. Here's what we're doing in the next three months. So that if, in fact, you get the ax, somebody else will know what to do. This is essentially like a professional handoff meeting, if you will, in the event they choose to choose you to be one of the people to get a package or however they want
0: to call it. Yeah, and if you're if you're uh, not not all organizations does, does this apply to, but um, if you're in sales or you have a lot of vendor relationships, include in the calendar you know any important contracts that are coming up that need to be signed or. Um, any uh, licensing agreements that may need to be re-signed, um, particularly in a merger, um, there are opportunities where there's cost savings where, for example, you're getting ready 30 days to now to, from now to re-sign a contract with Oracle, for example. Well, the other side of the merger acquisition have 200 seats available unused of what you're looking for. Um, it will be looked on fairly poorly if you spend the money on something that the company already had Yet. access to. And you might you might claim and say, well, gee, I, I, I
1: can't believe you. You know, nobody told me about that. Well, okay, maybe we didn't, and maybe we should have known more about what you were doing. And if you'd have briefed us better, we would have known and we would have told you. Yeah. And then lastly, so we've got financials, we've got mission and role, we've got financials, we've got operations, we've got people, we've got calendar. Um, you know, that's five. Um, I said there were five areas. There's actually a sixth one and we call it recommendations but we put it in parentheses. We, we wanna be careful. It's part of the document but it's, it's kept separate and you wanna be very careful about how many copies go out if in fact you've got a, uh, an entire briefing that actually have this attached to it. Um, but you need to go through the process. For each one of the areas above, ask yourself what I would recommend in financials, in operations, in people and in calendaring. In A, a growth mode, in other words, you're gonna keep all your people and maybe get more authority, more power. B a reduced mode, you're gonna your team is gonna end up working for somebody else that's gonna be smaller. Or C status quo based on what you know now, assuming no merger, assuming no touching, you know, nobody touches anything related to what you do. Here's what, here are my recommendations. You know, steps step B or part B a reduced mode, it may include here are the people, if I had to lay off 10%, here are the people I'd lay off. Some people say you shouldn't do that because you make the job easier for the people. Well, somebody's gotta do it. Um, much better for the person who's closest to the work to make the decision. So it's it's simply a separate document that, that is part of, if you will, or subtly attached that if somebody said, hey, what recommendations do you have on this? You've got your document to talk from right there in front of you. Okay, one one more area. And that's reaching out. And really, Mike, reaching out is the easiest step because either you're ready or you're cooked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's totally a function of your existing network. I mean, how many times now? It must be four or five times in CAS, um, you know, in the last however many months uh, that we've rolled out CAS that we've talked about leveraging your network. And, and I just know there are hundreds, if not Thousands of people that have heard what we said, believe it, understand it intellectually, and have not done it. And that's a shame because more and more what we talk about is leveraging your network. And certainly, if you've been reading business press in the last 10 years, that's a huge part of career management as well. But in any event, there, there are two places you need to reach out. Um, and this is about your own career, but there's also potentially some help for the merger itself. And that is, first, to your existing network. There are two things you want to reach out to them for. First, to find out what you can about the company you're merging with. Your friends and associates in and, and your, ne- your network may know something about the other firm or may know someone at the other firm that you can talk to off the record or even on the record. Um, and this is something. And then secondly, something that many managers forget Other people in your network may have been through a merger before and have recommendations for you above and beyond what we've suggested here. And they'll probably be spot on if they know you and they know the industry and they know the kind of companies that are involved. And and it goes without saying that part of your unspoken, or in some cases spoken depending upon your relationship, pinging of your network has to do with, you know. Mergers and acquisitions are a time to reassess things. I'm gonna be looking at my resume. Would love for you to keep me in the back of your mind if you've seen any great opportunities. It may be while I get promoted in my merger, I don't know, but this is just a reminder that part of why we have networks is to lean on them when, in fact, we need to make a transition. And then the second part of reaching out is to recruiters, and hopefully we don't need to explain this one. If you... Oh, please, Mark, please. Yeah, if you haven't kept up in this area, when you reach out, I'll put it as simply as possible. Everybody who is, has kept up with a couple of recruiters has a huge leg up on you, and you, come to the, you go to the bottom of the stack. And the merger's a surprise. Your network is weak. You don't feel comfortable about that. You don't have a good relationship with the recruiter, and you're at the bottom of the stack, and then you're calling them all the time and becoming irritating. Um, that's not <laughs> the recipe for success if, in fact, you are a victim, if you will, of a merger and acquisition situation. And that's it, Mike, four things. Communicating, boss and peers and team, creating new relationships across the aisle, briefing your business, that's the gem, I think, in here, and then reaching out pretty straightforward what we just talked about.
0: Yeah. Now, mergers and acquisitions happen all the time, but they don't happen all that often, so I suspect that a lot of our listeners are not going through one now, nor will go through one in the near future. So if you, in fact, fall into that category, you can take away two things. One is, um, this is nothing but an example of how important two things are. Your ability to communicate and the value of your network. Yeah. And you know, waiting until the merger does happen is not the time to start on either of those. Yeah. In fact, Mike, if, I, don't, I can't remember whether we've ever talked on the air about my Christmas rule, but mergers and acquisitions follow the horseman Christmas rule. Have we talked about that? Because it's such a happy time that no, you think of it as Christmas? No, sorry. Apparently we haven't talked about it. Here's horseman's <laughs> law or rule about Christmas.
1: When I ask groups, Mike, hey, you like Christmas? Everybody's, oh, sure. Um, and, of course, this is largely within the continental United States. And I say, you like Christmas? Oh, I love Christmas. Well, who here thinks it's a terribly stressful time and every hand goes up? Boy, yeah, oh, my gosh, I love it. But, boy, at the end of it, I need another vacation. I got the kids, I got, I got family, I got party after party after party, I got gifts to buy, I spend way too much money, blah, 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 blah. I say, yeah, it's really important to you, you really care about it, and you're not very good at it in terms of all the stress that you go through. I would argue that the reason for that is because it's important to you and you only do it once a year. You don't practice it. And so we love it, and it's very hard on us. Same thing is true with interviewing. Same thing is true with annual reviews. And it's also true of mergers and acquisitions. It goes by the horseman rule, which is, of course, it's, we, we like Christmas so much, we invented an entire race of fictitious people, elves, in order to handle it for us. That's how crazy <laughs> we are about we love Christmas, but we know we're not any good at it. We had to invent an entire race of people that worry about Christmas all the time. The simple fact of the matter is, you cannot put Christmas off to the last minute and have a great Christmas without any stress. The later you put it off, the worse it's gonna be, but if you take it in small bites throughout the year, throughout the period of time, or you, you create a, a, a resource like this cast and other recommended information, you're going to be more effective when, so to speak, the stuff hits the fan. Mergers and acquisitions <laughs> definitely
0: are a function of the Horseman Christmas rule. Be ready in advance. Yeah. And there's no merger and acquisition elves, unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. This is the business world. We, we're flinty eyed realists here. We're not children. Oh, God. Well, what right. a happy way to end. <laughs> <laughs> it got me giggling. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That's uh, that's it for this one. Uh, Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's it, folks. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you got something useful out of this. If you haven't already, please join us on the discussion forums at www.manager-tools.com forums. We have a lot of great conversations going on there, and you won't want to miss the contributions of the great community we have. So until next week, have a great one, and we'll see you there. So long.